Hello and welcome to No Wax Knitted, an Israeli podcast about martial arts. This is our 33rd episode, the third and final part of our interview with Marin Spivak. My name is Iftar Govrin and, as before, you will hear my co-host Itamar Zadov in the interview. Before getting to the interview, we remind you that Marin is soon coming to Israel to teach a serious and deep workshop between the 16th and 19th of May. All of the details are in the show notes. Another reminder, on April 29th, Itamar and I are doing a joint seminar for our listeners. We will explore the similarities and differences between Karate and Aikido, and what we can learn from all that. So if you are in Israel, you are more than welcome to join us, even if you do not have any experience. Again, more details are in the show notes. And before continuing to the final part of the interview, We would really appreciate if you would like us on Facebook and share these and other episodes. Although most of our material is in Hebrew, we occasionally have English episodes like this one. So keep yourself updated. That's enough for me. On with the interview. Okay, and I want, if, if it's possible, I would like, like, in two months from now, you're coming to Israel, right? In the end of... Yes, in May. And yeah, to, to, to have a seminar. I would like to ask you another question about, uh, I, I, I'm sure that you have experience in seminars. Do you have any difference the way you teach your regular students to seminars or you have any plan or something like that? So th- this is a funny thing because, because when you said, you, I'm sure you have experience in seminars. I mean, actually, my experience in seminars is very limited. <laughs> oh, really? I, I myself have never been to a seminar ever. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Really. Like, like I said, I started with my first teacher, you know, in 1995 or something like that. And, and I, 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 I trained, you know, four days a week uh, with him for years. And then I went to China and I trained privately with his teacher. And then I trained privately in some Bagotong. And then when I met my last teacher, I trained privately with him at home every day. I'd never been to a seminar in my life. Wow. Um, I, I, watched, I watched the seminar, the commercial seminar circuit develop into what it has become now. I certainly watched. Uh, I can't say I'm a big fan of what it has become, in Taiji anyway. Um, it's re- really far too commercial for my liking because my training was all very traditional and Mostly in seminars, you can't get traditional training. Maybe you can get a very short dose. Maybe somebody will show you a little. But most of the time, uh, you know, people are interested in making money and just giving you an introduction to something and taking home a bunch of money and maybe keeping you interested enough to come back for the next one. So I'd never been to a seminar. I never planned to teach any seminars. Really, my uh, over the years, my sort of uh, public... Uh, presentation of Kung Fu, I mean, I, I, I made a lot of people quite upset because uh, I kept my own thing very, very traditional. I had walked a path which few other Americans had walked in this art um, and was willing to speak openly and honestly about it. And sometimes when you do that, you're going to ruffle some feathers and disturb, disturb some, let's say, vested commercial interests, right? If there's somebody else who's making a lot of money off of something that's sort of commercial and, and watered down, and you start talking about the real thing in a way that doesn't reflect so great on the commercial one, you're going to make people upset. You know? and, and, and the truth is, if you want to sell this art to the public, you have to water it down. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's like Gojuryu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gojuryu is, 
is I think the real one is very very hard knocks. Yeah, not it's many very, people very, do that. <laughs> who wants to do that? That's right. And imagine, you know, the way things are now with Facebook and you know, internet dating and everything like that. Imagine okay, you're in Israel and you like see, oh, here's a seminar on Goduryu, right? And you're like, you talk to your girlfriend. You're like, hey, let's go to this together. I mean, you think she wants to go to that, you know? I wish. I mean, <laughs> you wish, right? You wish. There's not a whole huge number of girls who want to do that. But but there's not even a huge number of guys who want to do no, it, right? No, not too hey, many. Hey, buddy, go with me to the Goduryu seminar. Let's burn the crap out of our arms and break our legs. I mean, you know, let's sweat and feel horrible for two days, you know? Not too many people want to do that these days. Um, <laughs> so if you wanted to... Maybe if you want to do a real old school Gojudio seminar, maybe you're going to get eight people, five people, who knows. But if you want to make money, if you're a traveling teacher and you want to make money, you need 30 to 50 people. How are you going to sell Gojudio, traditional Gojudio, to those 30 to 50 people? The first thing you're going to do is make it a lot easier, right? Because those basics are hard to teach, right? And and they require a high degree of dedication, a high pain tolerance, right? And the general public doesn't want to do those things. So most seminars, especially in Taijiquan, in Chen Taijiquan, the seminars, they have to water it down. Okay. Now, in some cases, the people who are teaching the seminars only learned a watered down version because they already are the general public who learned from a seminar and now they're teaching a seminar. Okay. But in other cases, it could be a, a, a famous teacher who knows the real thing but isn't going to teach it to you because it wouldn't be popular in a seminar. You understand my point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Myself, I kept to myself. I kept to the traditional Kung Fu. I never intended to do any seminars. And then just maybe the last year, somebody in the States in Colorado contacted me out of nowhere and said, hey, would you be willing to come out here and teach? I said, well, why not? You know, sure. And we'll, I'll create a special uh, beginning curriculum for the real thing, you know, um, rather than teach the watered down version, we're going to teach the real one, and you know we'll have whatever it is four days, um, and we're going to teach the basics. So, so I said this 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 workshop is not for everybody. This is for the people who want the real thing, and it's going to be hard, right? We call it bitter. It's going to be bitter. You're going to eat bitter, learn the real kung fu, the 400 year old kung fu, right? The fighting kung fu doesn't doesn't mean we're going to fight right now, but we're going to learn the physical body conditioning, the stance training, and really what in, in my opinion, what are the secrets to Taiji Chen? Not the surface stuff, the mystical stuff, not the flashy, you know, uh, fake magic type of stuff. That's that's just the crap. That's what they sell you. That's that's like a souvenir when you're a tourist, right? You know, it, it's nothing. The real magic of Taiji Chen is the basics, right? How advanced Somebody can be how good their kung fu is is all dependent on how good their basics are and how deep and rich their basic knowledge is. Okay, the details can only be layered on top of those basics. So the first workshop that I arrange is just you know how to break down these basics in a way that people who really want to learn the, the magic of it, the secrets of it, um, can digest these pieces right of the basics. So we have this progression of these basics that we're going to work on. And so that's what I arranged for them. 
it worked very well. Um, the people in who I taught that first seminar to, you know, a lot of them were, they had studied actually for many years uh, in Taiji Xuan, in Chen Taiji Xuan, and were sort of dissatisfied with what they had learned. And so when I brought that out to them, it was it was like a revelation. It was a breath of fresh air because because my teaching is very clear. It's it's uh, the teaching itself is simple and clear, meaning it's easy to understand. You know, there's a system. It's easy to understand what to train and how to do it. Whereas it's very common in, in Taiji Xuan for, for teachers to teach in a very vague way using sort of magical language, you know. Oh, move your chi, move your energy here, move your energy there, sink your body, make it heavier, make it lighter. How do you do these things physically? It, it's very, you know, it, without details. You need details. You need joint alignment. Like where do you put your bones, you know? Where do you put your bones? Which muscles do you use? Where do you put your weight? Where is your tension? Where, where are you relaxed? It's 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 there's many many complicated things to pay attention to, but you want them to be presented to you simply in a way that you can understand. And if you have a system in front of you that's mapped out clearly, well then you can follow those steps. And if you practice hard, you will, as they say, chu kung fu, which means produce kung fu. And that's how it works. You have to have a clear map, right? That's laid out in in a, in a in a, a scientific way that produces results. Right, not mystical, magical language, not hero worship, you know, worship of a master or any of that. Just straight technique and method. What do I practice? How do I do it? How much can I take? And you have somebody have somebody there who's going to guide you through that process. Okay, so that's what I arranged in my workshop because I was like, they want me to teach. I'm willing to teach because these people are hungry for kung fu. So I'm. That's my job. My responsibility, which is something. I agreed to when I became disciple of my teacher that that was my responsibility to promote the real kung fu, okay? As I learned it, okay? So when they bring me to teach, if they're if they're hungry for kung fu, well then that's my responsibility, and I will go. But I'm not going to teach them the fake one, and I'm not, I'm not going to teach them the commercial version, right? I'm going to get paid, but they are going to work. And so this type of workshop is mainly applicable to those who want the real kung fu, okay? And, and it's very, very hard. I, I will just say that because I don't know who listens to this podcast who may end up at the workshop. <laughs> I'm, I, I say this to everybody who may come to, to my workshops. Believe me when I say it is extremely physically challenging. Most people, when they hear that, they say, oh, yeah, it's, I, I know what hard is. I know what hard is. Well, they don't. Most of my students... They could have 10 years in Chen Taiji Xuan and they're still not going to make it through half a move. They're going to fall down red in the face and, you know, after they'll, they, they won't be able to make it through one move standing. They're going to start shaking and fall down. It's very, very physically challenging. And we keep it that way. I'm keeping it, keeping it uh, pure and, and real, the real Kung Fu. And, you know, people can take it as far as they want to take it. But that's, that's what I've done is I've arranged it in a clear way so people can, can start their path on the real traditional Chen Tai Chen Kung Fu and, uh, and, and have a clear way forward. So did, did I answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally, yeah. So will it be just for people who train uh, Tai Chi or also for beginners or people from other arts? So uh, generally speaking, okay, because our particular line in Chen Tai Chi is already very different from many of the other well-known Chen Tai Chi lines, okay, because generally speaking, uh, uh, the, the level of detail, okay? Some of the other lines, 
they can still be very good. Some of the, the heads of those lines may be very fierce. They may be very good and have a, a high level of Kung Fu. But generally speaking, our particular method is a bit more detailed. Some of the others are a bit more simplified. They might be very tough. You understand what I'm saying? They could be decent with fighting or with wrestling or whatever it is. And they might be very strong, very tough, and very effective. Yet the practice itself is more simple, less details less clear in certain ways. That's one aspect. And then the other aspect is just that this is so hard. It's so physically hard. So you put those two aspects together. And generally speaking, even if someone has a fair amount of experience in Chen Taiji Chen, um, they're going to have to start from the beginning. If they want to learn from me, they're going to start from the beginning anyway. I, I have you know a student who came last year uh, who, who you know has 10 years in Chen Taiji Chen with two different teachers and is fairly accomplished. Came, came to train with me, start at the beginning, and believe me, it was hard. The change is hard. Even with 10 years' experience, it's very hard um, because the method is different. We're certainly not afraid of beginners. Everybody is a beginner, and that's the point. And, th and then there's like, you know, normally, traditionally, in, in the Chinese uh, internal arts scene, Chinese Kung Fu scene, it's like if you, even if you have past history with a particular teacher, if you go to learn from somebody else, you know, those teachers, they, they consider themselves like a master craftsman, like a master woodworker, right? If you want to learn from them, you're learning their art. You're not learning just the art in general. You're learning their art. You're learning the art that they've put 50 years into developing. So they're going to take you from the beginning to teach you the way they want to teach you. And that's usually the way it is. When I learned from Gene Chen and when he gave me an introduction to Fondertown, uh, when I went to Fondertown, I didn't ask Funderchung, who was 73 years old at the time, I didn't say, you know, old master, I know all this stuff already. Don't make me start from the beginning. I want to do this. And can we do that? I, you know, I wasn't going to say that. You know, I, he just said, he, do I want to learn? I said, yes. And said, okay, we started from the beginning. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though I had, you know, six years or whatever already, he didn't say, we're going to build upon what you already did. He just said, I'm going to teach you my way. And I was like, fine, I want to learn your way, right? Because that's, that's where I'm going to learn the secrets. If you teach me all the nuance of your way, then I'm going to start to learn your language, right? Your own personal language. That's when you're going to really get the nuance from that teacher. So I can say I've started over uh, one, two, three, four times in, in Kung Fu. Each time I was completely willing to start from the beginning and let the teacher lead the show. So in my case, I've had enough years, and, and even though I am not the best in Kung Fu, and by Chinese standards, I'm probably just average, but that's Chinese standards. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm adequate. I'm average by Chinese standards. Okay, I'm not the best. I'm not amazing, um, but I'm good enough, and I know well enough my own level that I know my own craft is worth starting from the beginning, right? So you can learn the, the whole thing. You can learn to do it the right way. I know from experience that taking this method and mixing it with another, it, it's like here. I'm going to give you. Yellow, blue, red, uh, purple, green, and white, and I and you know mix them all together. What color do you get? Just brown, brown right? or something, yeah. Brown, no, black, or, yep. or non nondescript, right? Yeah. You can't really tell what color it is because they're all mixed together. Now, you know. So what I really want is I want to give you blue and green, and I want you to mix those together. You know, or I'm sorry, uh, 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 uh what is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, blue. Yeah. blue yeah, blue right. and yellow. Sorry. Yeah. My color mixing is failing here. It's failing. I'll give you red and yellow and you're going to make orange, okay? Mm -hmm.
So I'm going to give you red and yellow. You're going to mix them together. You're going to get orange, which is kung fu, right? Mm. But too many colors, you're going to end up with a mess. So if you have your previous Taiji Chan and you want to come learn this one, you think you're going to do both, you're pro probably going to end up with a mess. So generally, everybody starts from the beginning. But can you come from another line of Taiji Chan and do this? Yeah, you can. However, generally, here's the thing. If, you, if you're doing some other line of Chen Taiji Chan and then you come to do this one, it's 98% accurate that this one is much, much harder. And as a result, it, not only is it physically more strenuous, but it's also the details are finer, meaning it's harder to attain the proper position in a stance or whatever, the proper alignment. The details are more exacting, more demanding. So if you have a previous Taiji Chuan that you're doing, you want to do that and do this, probably what will happen is if you keep doing the other one, those sort of unclear habits you have from the other one will influence your ability to attain the accuracy in this one. Because if even if you're smart enough and physically talented enough to acquire the proper positions in this training, you have to hold on to them once you acquire them. You have to retain the ability to repeat those positions over a long term. And if you have some very different body habit that you're doing, then you're sort of on one side enforcing these new habits, and then on the other side, you have some competing way of moving, which is going to negatively affect your ability to solidify your habit in this art. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. perfectly. That's normally the situation with Taiji Chen. So the, some of the most challenging students to teach are the ones who study another line of Chen Taiji Chen, and then they come to do this. And they want to keep them both. And that's like, good luck with that. That's very, very hard. I don't think you'll be able to do that. In the long run, what usually happens is this one eats the other one. If you keep practicing this, them both, this one will eat the other one. Mm. If it doesn't eat it, then they'll just cancel each other out and just make a mess. You won't be able to retain this one unless it eats the other one. Mm. But students of other martial arts tend to be less challenging because they don't have something similar which competes with the body method of this one. So, for example, I have students who have a background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Okay? And, 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 like, that's an art that it just, it has different strategies, but the, the body method has no competition to this at all. Because, basically, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they do most of their stuff on the ground, and their body activity is sort of that of a, a snake or a boa constrictor, right? It's like rolling around and wrapping around you. But when they're standing up, I mean, they don't have a, a very well-defined base or structure of body movement that is there to compete. So they don't, have to, they don't have to move anything out of the way to learn this. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now, if I try to teach, well, look, look what we would do if we got thrown on the ground. You know, I recently made this video that, that plenty of people complained about where I said, look, here's how some of this might happen on the ground. And if we got on the ground, well, then it might be different, right? Maybe the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu would, would now stand in the way of adopting something if I was teaching a ground fighting thing. Do you understand? But most of Taiji Chen is not going to be on the ground, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is not going to have anything to stand in the way of it. Um, something like Goju Ryu, for example, is maybe a little more competition because it's a stand-up art yes. for the most part. And it has a, a pretty well-defined and deep body method for the torso and the legs, right? Um, and, then, and then also the method of engagement, meaning how you use your hands to either block or redirect or grab or strike is pretty well defined in Gojuryu. Yeah. And in Taiji Chen it is also, but they're different. So then there's going to be a competition there. I have a student who does Goju. Oh. Right? And he does Taiji. 
and he's doing okay in Taiji. But then when I teach him applications for the hand, it always looks like Goji. <laughs> you know, he can't not do Goji. It's hard to get not do it. You know, it's very hard. So, you know, I'm not saying no. I'm saying students of other arts. I think I think they can they can do this. Um, but it varies on a case by case basis. And generally speaking, you know, we hope I hope that people who do this um, want to do it enough that they want to do it in the future. You know, so my my hope is to open the door to people who really want to learn Chen Taiji and Kung Fu, and want to go forward with it. Those who just like we say in the U.S., we said like they're just tire kickers, meaning they people who come to buy a new car, yeah. they go to like a, a car a car dealership, and you know the, those dealerships in the U.S. they always have a salesman. So you go to look at the cars, and 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 there's some guy who sees you walk onto the lot to look at the cars. Quickly, they run out of the office. Oh, here's a fresh one, right? And they go over and say, Oh. Can I help you? We have this one for you. This is a 2007. Here's a 2002. It's a piece of crap, but I'm not going to tell you that. It's a wonderful car. It'd be great for you. It goes with your clothing. You know, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. They're going to sell you a car, right? Now, who does the car salesman hate the most? The person who walks onto the lot full of cars and they say, what are you interested in today? Well, I'm looking for something that has a lot of power. Really? Okay, look at this one. That's a very strong engine. And the guy comes around and starts kicking the tires. Oh, nice tires. Oh, how about this one? I want something that's more comfortable. Oh, this is very comfortable. Starts kicking the tires. They call them a, a tire kicker, which means they're not there to buy anything. They just want to kick the tires and waste your time, yeah. right? You know, ideally, we don't have people who are just coming in like to have a fun experience and then go home. You want to find people who's who are more suitable and ready to take the the, the pain and the exertion and the sweat and 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 do something that they really want to do. You know, now does already practicing another art mean that they won't want to do it? No, it doesn't. I, I would think it's, I get a lot of students who've done other arts previously, but it's, I think in the end, it's really about character, you know, whether people are really interested in this type of an art and, you know, whether they're suited to it. It makes sense. Did I answer that, all the questions on, the, on yeah. that one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So we, well, well, we'll add later exactly all the details for anyone who wants to oh for know. the workshop yeah. yeah yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of fun um I'm sure. i know because my my student here from israel ofek is is the one who's uh, arranging it and he's been here a few times uh and he, and he he studied chen tai chen in the past he had some years behind him i think a significant amount of years and when he came here of course he he couldn't get through a move either <laughs> you know so uh i think i think it was very very surprising for him um and and Although I'm making it sound like this is the most horrible thing ever, which I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just joking, but it, it is very hard. It is very strenuous. It's real martial arts training. Um, but that's the value is, you know, yeah. you, you, have, uh, you have a lot of people who are essentially uh, selling to people a kind of a tourist version, a thrilling, exciting experience, you know. And, and, and that's not what I'm doing. We're opening the door for the real thing here. If you, you, if you, if you ever thought about learning the real thing, well, this is it. Um, and yeah, it's that hard. You know, uh, I don't know how many people have seen the uh, <laughs> the movie Drunken Master, the original Drunken Master, oh, yeah. Jackie Chan. Oh, I love yeah. And you know, you know when he he goes to train with the master, and the master makes him stand like over the. He's got spikes under his butt. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like sweating. He can't like drop. He's like holding a thing of water or something. His master's just laughing at him and smoking. Right. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit like that. We're not gonna. We won't have spikes under you. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's like you know the old style kung fu that they make the movies out out of. This is it. 
So mostly in Chen Taishuan, you get colorful silk suits, uh, a lot of talk, a lot of words, and some flash, a little bit of wrestling. Um, but this is a different thing. We have we, we focus on a lot of a lot of uh, technique, a lot of method. What they call tuisho, which is push hands, which is that sort of semi-cooperative drill training where you learn to use the opponent's force against them. We do a lot of applications. You know, we have we have wrestling grappling applications, we have striking applications, we have joint locking applications and kicking applications and sweeping applications. All the you know all this kind of stuff, which is an active part of every move that we're teaching. So it's not a performance variety. You know, this is the practical, functional version. Uh, we we do have a lot of fun. We have a lot of humor. I, I I try to keep the group personal. You know, we don't we don't want to attract to that group the psychopaths. You know. And and the bullies who just want to come fight because it's a fighting art. But you know we all just have to live our daily lives too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, uh, we have other problems to worry about rather than just going and you know getting into fights with people every day. That's not that's just not useful. But I mean I have kids. You know I'm not I'm not doing that. But yeah, it's it's a fighting art, and, and that they also in Chinese they say um, it's also for a, a quality they call yangsheng. Which means to improve your life force, right? To cultivate your health, basically. So you're cultivating your health. You're also working on your self-defense abilities, um, and you're also having a lot of fun because the the, the applications and the leverage uh, aspect of those applications is, is it's a very interesting type of science. The way it works, using the opponent's force against them, a lot of mind tricks that you use, how to control the opponent, uh, and to control a situation, uh, to use to use softness against strength. Uh, to to sort of overcome an adverse situation, it's it's a very a very interesting art. Um, the way it works is very ingenious. Uh, so we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of humor. Uh, we try to keep it uh, down to earth, as we say, meaning friendly and without uh, hierarchy or superiority. You know, and without without any worship. You know, nobody treats me like a god. Nobody refers to me as master. It's usually a very friendly group, and we have a lot of fun. And really, anybody who really wants this kind of kung fu in their heart. Uh, is going to do okay because they can learn it at their own physical level. You know what I mean? I have students who are older and they do what they do. You know, not everybody does it the same way. So even though I make it sound like it's a torture chamber, um, you know, I'm, I'm really it's the just good kind to, of torture chamber. It is. I, I, I'm trying to scare away the people who think this is like standing yoga. <laughs> yeah. You know, people come and they think, well, it's easy, right? It's, easy. it's like yoga, right? Well, no, it's not. I don't fact, think they'll stay very... more than <laughs> half yeah, an hour. Yeah, some yoga is actually very hard, but but this is harder than the hard yoga. So, uh, you know, we just try to make sure that people know what they're getting into. But generally speaking, people have a great time, and especially the people who really have been, you know, desiring to learn the real authentic Chen Taishuan, but never have been given the opportunity. Well, then it's a great opportunity for them. So okay. we actually have a few listeners, uh, questions from the listeners. So yeah. uh, we talked a, a bit about uh, Tai Chi as a fighting art. So maybe just expand a little, a little bit more about the fighting aspect of Tai Chi. The specific question, how would how it would do in an MMA fight or boxing fight, but I don't think that's really, uh, I don't know, accurate um, question. It's more mm -hmm. like a self-defense kind of art. So, how do? Well, you that's actually that's actually pretty astute of you to say. So it is, at least from my perspective, it is more of a self-defense art. However, the, the question of how would it do in MMA or boxing, it's not an invalid question. Okay. 
it's it's still an applicable question, and we can kind of answer both. And so, so what I would say is MMA. The situation with MMA is it's a it's a good venue for testing you know people's raw fighting ability, right? However, it's it's still a venue that, that has a number of rules. Yeah. Okay. Um. And 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 I'm not making a criticism of those rules. I mean, any any fight, any type of violence like that. I mean. It's good they have rules so people aren't dying and all that. But they all some of their rules are also designed to make the event last longer, you know, yep. um, to make it more entertaining. Exactly. Uh, hmm. You know, some some rules are designed to prevent certain types of injuries that are maybe an insurance liability um, or just kind of gross, right? I mean, you don't want people plucking each other's eyes out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But if if either you or I were attacked by somebody who really wanted to do us harm. I mean, if we plucked the guy's eye out, if we had the chance, probably yes, right? I mean, we're not, if we really had to defend ourselves or our families, we wouldn't sit there and say, geez, I'm not going to do this. It's too mean, right? Or it's too gross. You're going to do whatever works. And you probably won't even be thinking at that time because, you know, it's a stressful situation. Yeah. Um, so I understand why MMA has those rules and I'm not disputing them. However, they, they do have rules and, you know, could Taiji Chuan be used in MMA? Sure, it could. It's just that most people who get into Taiji Chuan don't want to. And, 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 and there's a number of reasons for that. So some of them being that, you know, I mean, really, if we look at MMA, I mean, it has a history of people with, with a lot of steroid use as well. If, if you want to compete in MMA, you have to go through a lot of body, uh, what would it be, sort of body contortions. I mean, you know, some people are using steroids and then other people are doing all that weight cut, you know. Yeah. Um, that basically to comp- it's a competition sport that has a lot of money on the line and, and, and I think a lot of people they really sacrifice their health to succeed so the weight cut business that's not good for you at all that's terrible for your health right uh, and then the steroid use that's horrible for your health and then getting hit in the head oh, that's terrible for your health too okay it is right I mean yeah, we know yeah. all this stuff now is coming out about brain injury even on a minor scale so the people who want to participate in MMA are people who, who want the pride and the money from succeeding. And they're not too concerned about their health. It just happens that people who get into arts like Tai Chi Chen tend to be more concerned with their health. Okay, And so I don't think they want to go bashing themselves around in MMA. It just doesn't seem to be popular with that crowd. Now, keep in mind that my own exposure to people who want to learn Tai Chi is very small, meaning I, I don't teach to really large groups. So the people who come to learn from me tend to be maybe a little more serious. They take more pain than other people. But they still don't want to get, you know, get their heads beaten to the ground. I'm not talking even about the, the just general sort of health and yoga crowd. I'm talking about even the martial arts crowd in Taiji. They tend to be more interested. Taiji is like very interesting, you know, and it has good fighting methods. But still, you know, it's not really conducive to the competitive impact arts you know the competitive uh fight sports uh you know because it does have another side to it besides the fighting side which is very concerned with energy cultivation and increasing the health level of your body in general i'm not saying that training those other arts is also not health i mean it probably is healthy there's plenty of arts that are healthy in mma i mean how would it function that is dependent on the rules right uh taiji chen for example chen taiji chen has a very good stand-up grappling game Okay, so they have a very good stance. Uh, it's very stable, and 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 generally speaking, there's a lot of emphasis on learning to control the opponent's balance, learning to break the opponent's structure, right? And 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 a lot of throwing that relates to that. So a lot of what we've seen in MMA was often very dominated by Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and you know you'd have a lot of fights where you'd have strikers 
uh, or people who were good at striking or kicking, whatever it was, who could still be dominated by someone like Royce Gracie, who would just you know run in and and wrap around them like a snake. And maybe he's going to take some beatings while he's doing that. But if he can just get in there, once he's wrapped him, somehow he'll get him onto the ground, and that's it. He's a boa constrictor. Now he's inside their range. You know, striking is not too effective when somebody's all wrapped around you. And and you know, and and then they know the ground game and they win on the ground. Okay. Taiji in this context, at least one aspect of it, is that someone who's really good at Chen Taichen, it's not that easy to take them down. So, and, and this is true of some other arts as well, but this is just one of the emphasis. So Taiji has a very strong base, decent footwork if the person's really good, and, and a good knowledge of how to manipulate the opponent in that situation. So now, these days, uh, being a skilled striker in Chen Taichen is very, very rare. Some of that it's like almost, it's just a lost art, okay? Now, some of it still exists, but to find somebody who's really accomplished at it, good luck with that, it's very hard. Now, I teach a lot of that, but I'm also not a competitive fighter, but I teach the methods, okay? I, I have a lot of those tools. I'll teach the methods. If somebody else wanted to go be a fighter with it, great, go knock your brains out, but that's not for me, okay? But the point is that the traditional version has a well-developed striking art with a lot of detailed different... Uh, Hand methods, fist methods, uh, elbow methods, and then, you know, kicking and all that, and then 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 there's joint locking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they have a, a well-developed striking, you know, arsenal and delivery vehicle, and then they have a, a good base that's stable, that's designed to break and manipulate the opponent's structure. When you put those two things together, okay, that's something that could function in mixed martial arts to a point. You know, you can use that striking method if you trained it as a competitive fighter. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could teach the tools, but even myself, I mean, I'm not in there training it day in, day out about, you know, how to go toe-to-toe <clears throat> -to -toe with somebody in a striking match. I'd have to take that and train it to a competitive level where, mm -hmm. where that was all I did, right? That's what boxers do. So mm -hmm. for a professional boxer, they, all they're doing is hitting, punching, punching, punching. And so they know the ins and outs of all those angles and the timing and all that. Not only knowing the angles and timing, they also know the tools, which are, you know, the jab, the cross, the uppercut. They have these tools. You can learn these tools and then you got to put them into real time and train them in action. Well, Taishan, we have all these different tools. They're not the same as boxing, okay? And if you wanted to train them in real time, you'd have to do that. It's not enough to just know the tools, okay? But... Even learning the tools these days is nearly impossible because they're almost a lost art. Most people focus on performance and wrestling, okay? Um, and even the wrestling that they focus on in the commercial area is not traditional Taishan wrestling for the most part, okay? Most of it comes from Judo or Senda, okay? So, mm. It has a good striking element and it has this base, this mobile base, uh, and this way of manipulating the opponent. So in mixed martial arts, if they were to fight in that situation, if they were to train it at the level of competitive fighter, you know, they could they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a boxer and use their striking method. And if the grappler comes in, then they can use their base and their throwing. I know from having students of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is not interested in standing up. Yeah. Their goal is to get you to the ground and they're going to go with you. Taiji Chen has a pretty well-developed throwing method Right and a stand-up grappling method, but when Taiji Chen, when they throw somebody to the ground, they don't go with you. Now, many people are, who don't understand the art will say, "If you throw me to the ground, I'm going to take you with me." The difference is Taiji Chen throwing of the traditional variety usually employs striking and locking, 
and specific leg techniques so that when they throw you, it's not the same as a judo throw. So most judo throwing, um, you know, this is why judo and aikido, they, they focus very much on those break falls, like rolling and break mm-hmm. falls, right? And, and they use mats. So they use mats, they roll, they break fall, okay? For Taijishan that I know, most, many of the falls don't allow for any roll or break fall. So when you're falling, your opponent's leg is in the way, they're locking your joint, and you're falling in a way that you don't have a hand to reach even to the ground because it's locked up. That's the traditional artist. They're kind of trying to break your joint while they're throwing you. And so you can't roll out of it because when you hit the ground, they're still controlling one of your joints. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a few okay. of those. Yeah, I know they have those in Aikido. They do have some, but the majority of judo stuff is like lets you roll or slap, right? Yeah, but that's that's because it's more competitive. Like it's exactly. built to be competitive. Right. So they've sort of removed some of the teeth from the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Taiji Chan, the traditional variety, it's all teeth. You know, when when you take a throw, you can't roll. You just your face smashes on the ground, or you hit the back of your head. You know, or they sweep the foot out of under you and put you flat on your back. Things like that. Um, so you know, that's one way that. Like, because I've had to deal with Brazilian jiu-jitsu students, and so I usually approach it like, you know, we use Taiji Chuan throwing. Now, if they took me to the ground, they might be a lot better than me on the ground, right? So I'm going to try not to go there. Um, you know, I have, maybe I have a few things I can use on the ground, but generally speaking, that's all they do is the ground stuff. So you, you, when you swim in the, in the alligator pool, if you're not an alligator, you're probably in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it also comes from the word, if we talk about Taiji Chuan, you talk about fists, it's more boxing-oriented, probably? Well, I, you know, I don't know about that. I, I, I think that word Chuan in Chinese really refers to fist system, okay? Okay. But no, but there is some truth to that. But but for the real answer, I think we have to go back further and realize that, you know, these arts came out of, you know, these are thousand-year-old arts here. And so back at that time in China, they're really, they really are self-defense arts. So if I throw you to the ground, if you end up on your back on the ground, someone's going to pull out a sword and cut your head off. You're not going to be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're just going to die. Or if I throw you down on the ground, my friends are going to stomp on your head, right? So... It's not that I throw you to the ground and you take me with you. It's I throw you to the ground. It doesn't matter if you're down there and somebody doesn't like you, you're going to get killed, you know? Or worse, you know, the other part is in Chinese society, it's there's this idea of like being dirty is kind of unacceptable. Like they sort of look down on peasants, farmers because they're dirty. So the idea that you went down and fought on the ground sort of means you have no class. So it's sort of like I threw you to the ground and now you want to fight because you got to keep in mind there's shit on the ground. There's dog shit, there's pig shit, there's cow shit, and there's people shit. This is like the Middle Ages here, 400 years ago or whatever. There's shit on the ground. It's a farming village. There's horse shit, you know? So if I throw you in the shit, you think you're going to pull me to fight in, in the shit with you? You know? It's sort of like people in society were concerned with having face and having a little bit of class and they don't want to get on the ground and fight. So generally speaking, I think that's a part of it too. Yeah, it's sort of like, no, we don't fight on the ground. Once you're down, you're done, you know? Now, maybe they get on top of you and beat the crap out of you. Maybe they do. But I guess, I, I, I guess the point is it's somewhere between being on the ground, uh, not you know, being dirty, and, and, and the other side, being on the ground, being very unsafe because everybody has small knives and all that kind of stuff. So I, I just, don't, I just think, think that wasn't a priority for them, you know, mm. to try and choke somebody out on the ground because, you know, you're choking them and they pull out that little knife and just remove your testicles and they're in the hot pot the next day. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that's so, a full circle. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think that's just, you know, it's not a big concern for them. And even today in, in terms of self-defense, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a very effective art 
for the sport arena. But in terms of self-defense, I mean, most self-defense encounters don't happen with just one guy on one guy. They're usually going to happen maybe one guy on one guy, but the other guy's friends are there. And if you end up on the ground, you think they're honorable enough not to start stomping on you when you're on the ground? Yeah, well... (laughs) You know what I mean? It's that sort of Brazilian jiu-jitsu also relies on sort of an honor system, that it's just me against you and nobody else is going to get involved. But in real life self-defense, it's like, you know, if if uh, if if I end up on the ground, I'm worried that, that the guy's friends are going to get in and beat me to death, right? Or maybe I get on the ground, maybe I'm fighting somebody who really is a bad guy and, you know, I'm fighting for my life and I get on the ground. If I'm trying to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he could be choking, you know, I can be choking him out and he can pull a knife out of his pocket and just slice me right at the, ne- the leg and I will bleed to death. Right, because you can't trap every part of a person's body all at once, and they can reach into their pocket, pull out that blade, and, and you're dead. You know, so for self-defense, being on the ground rolling around with somebody is maybe not so smart. You know, um, so Taishan originally really really is a self-defense art. Um, could it function in in mixed martial arts? Yes, to a point. But then when you talk about the striking art, Taishan also has a lot of. Um, it works upon contact. If you're striking me. Taishan doesn't have blocking, okay? We don't have any hard blocks. They use redirect. So if you're punching me, I, I may try to join. I mean, I want some contact. I want to touch you when you're striking. Join and redirect your attack, right? So maybe brush it off to a slightly different angle, control it, go with it, pull it, whatever it is, or move in against it. But I've got some contact, even a temporary minor little bit of contact, and I'll probably try to keep that contact. Or maybe I don't keep that contact, but that contact gives me a, a, a location on a map for how to plan my next move according to angles where your limbs are, okay? And one of the things that makes something like Tai Chuan hard to use in a mixed martial art format is that any kind of gloves you put on kind of get, they get in the way of your hand abilities, okay? So Tai Chuan is kind of designed that if you get contact, you're going to try and keep contact or maybe, maybe you have unwanted contact where they're mashing your hand and you're going to turn that contact into a joint lock. And then from that joint lock, you might stress that joint out, control it, then yank on it while you're hitting them, right? It's a hard thing to do when you have gloves for boxing specifically. Those boxing gloves are too big, too big for most of the Tai Chi and hand method. The mixed martial arts gloves are smaller. They're more applicable. But then, you know, they don't allow the elbows. They don't allow the small joint manipulation. And a lot of the things which is like, well, for a self-defense person, you would definitely want to use those yeah. tools. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I would say generally, you know, uh, in terms of boxing, it's hard to, to, to really deal with boxing because those gloves really mess up your game yeah. because you're looking for smaller spaces than those gloves can fit through. You're also looking to be able to grab and control and you can't do that with those gloves. But if you're a, going against a boxer, you're not going to want to just go toe to toe on a striking game with them, right? If, the, if a boxer's, I mean, a really good boxer can defeat most people, right? Those boxers oh, are incredibly yeah. good when yeah. they're good. I mean, I don't care whatever other kind of martial artist you are. You go against a boxer like that, they're going to kick your ass with just boxing, right? Um, if you throw something at them that they're completely unfamiliar with, well, that might change the situation. So generally, you know, for a boxer, uh, if, if you throw a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy against a boxer, well, the boxer is going to have some trouble, right? So for, for Taiji Shen, you know, Maybe you don't want to put those gloves on, but if you go against a boxer, again, if he's way better than you, you're still going to be in trouble. But if you're good at your game and he's good at his game, maybe you get in and use Taiji Shen grappling, right? And and joint lock. and You, you break his elbow when he's striking, right? Or you, you trip him, sweep his foot, you know? And, and that's not a situation that he's comfortable with because he's a boxer. You know, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, they like the, the ground grappling. But, you know, 
they might not be so great at the stand-up grappling, or they might not be so great at the striking. So Tai Chi Chen is really one of the one of the early mixed martial arts. That's really what it is. It's called mixed martial art essentially. It's back in the day they put together the striking, the kicking, the locking, and the throwing. Right? Striking, kicking, locking, throwing. Is that it? Is that all of it? Yeah, grappling. Yeah. 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 Grappling, they consider throwing. Okay. Yeah. So it can really combines all those elements. So it, it is, you know, an old mixed martial art, but it's really not designed for rules. Now, of course, we have many drills that do follow rules, such as Tuisho, what they call push hands. It has a set of rules, and you're not hitting your opponent. You're learning to you move, manipulate your opponent's force, and and use certain powers that you've developed. You know, strength, strengths, and powers, um, and joint lock, and redirect their actions, and and in, in a in a within a framework of patterned movement, right? So use these patterns of movement and see who prevails. You know, see what you can use within those patterns, and then they have similar show practices that don't have pattern that are just free play and then you're you're grappling or maybe you're striking or you know the kind pushing. of sparring yeah it's sort of like sparring but not not striking sparring right mm. it's like pushing moving grappling locking those kind of things you mm. want to do striking sparring you could put on the, the light gloves and do that too why not but people are going to get hurt <laughs> that's mm. how that goes you know? <laughs> yeah. we try to we try to limit the, the injuries and the, and the and the dental the dental repairs you know yeah <laughs> did i answer Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, great, great, great answer. I think we have a lot of material for you know. I'm sure you do. Yeah. So again, thank you so much. So much, and really, and an amazing interview. Really, really interesting. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it. I'm glad you like it, and thank you for doing that. You know, it's a. It should be very interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, I, you know, maybe maybe we'll see you. Yeah, I hope so. I hope Hopefully, so. Hopefully, and yeah. uh, I'm sure that you will. I hope we'll enjoy Israel. Also, it's a nice. Well, it's, it's it, your it, first I've time. Never, I've, I've, yes, I've never been, and it'll be very, very interesting for me. Oh, yeah. great! It's a nice place. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking forward great. to it. Yeah. So thank you again. We'll put all, later on all the details on the seminar in Hebrew, so people could attend if they want and we give the details also if, if your website if you want to send us the i i heard in the interview you have two websites so if you want to send us the more more most relative link we can put it in the in the way in our website next to the episode or something like that. okay well i'll have ofec do that stuff he, can, he probably because yeah you know, he actually said uh, yeah yeah most of it so great he can probably great, send great. you all the information but uh, but i appreciate you guys taking the time i know it's very late for you over there yeah, oh, a bit. Uh, but our sure. pleasure. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you so, so much. much. And have a nice evening. Alright. Bye bye. Bye bye. This concludes our interview with Marin. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you want to hear more from Marin, you can listen to an interview he had on the Internal Martial Arts podcast with Ken Goulet, which mostly focuses on other subjects. Links to the interview as well as to Marin's websites are in the show notes. You can also find there a link to the registration page for his seminar uh, in Israel. And uh, that is it for today. In the meantime, keep on training. questions, requests, or any other reason, you can reach us on our Facebook page, No Wax Needed. Send us an email at no.wax.needed at gmail.com 
or post something in our homepage, nowaxneeded.wordpress.com. Feel free to share our stuff as long as you remember to credit it.